0: And I wrote this, I don't know, three or four months ago, and it's like a lot of uh, things, you know, we put out. Nobody takes them, nobody reads them. But I believe that uh, the, the, in 1973, the Supreme Court said it was okay to kill babies. And we have killed more than the entire population of Canada. And it continues. Woman's choice. Half of those who have died in their mother's wounds have been women. They didn't have a choice. It's called abortion. But I could read all of them, but I, I won't. I'm going to put it out on the bullet board, maybe give it to Matt and let him make a copy, put it on there. But what Christians do now, me, I go to church, the minister preaches, I go home. Me, I go to church, the minister preaches, and I go home. That's what Christians do. The problem with the churches is that uh, they leave the masses in the church building. And it could be the problem many times on my subject this morning. Got some copies, at least one for each family. If you in residence, it's entitled "The Unrepenting Repenter." The Unrepenting Repenter. Now, what I just said is uh, impossible, but that's what we have. We have people. Who say they have repented, but they've never repented because they're the same as they were before they repented. And when God grants you repentance, there's a change. The believer in Christ is a lifelong repenter, he begins with repentance and continues in repentance according to Romans chapter 8, verse 12, and verse 13. David sinned giant sins, but fell without a stone at the mere finger of the prophet because he was a repenter at heart. Now, what I want to try to show you this this morning that when a person truly repents there's a change. Romans chapter 8' the first scripture I mentioned 8 verse 12 and 13. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if he live after the flesh, he shall die. But if he through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, he shall live. repentance is a change of mind that leads to a change of heart that leads to a change of action we see it in society today we see young people get married and they say they love each other and then in a Few short months they're separated. But when God truly grants repentance, there is a change in that individual that lasts forever. Forever. Now, In 2 Samuel chapter 12 and verse 7, And Naaman said to David, Thou art the man. Thus said the Lord of Israel, I have anointed thee king over Israel, and I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul. And I give thee thy master's house and thy master's wife unto thy bosom and gave thee the house of Israel and Judah. And if that had been too little, I would moreover have given unto you such and such things. Wherefore hast thou despised the commandments of the Lord And to do evil in his sight, thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword and hast taken his wife to be thy wife and hast slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. Now therefore the swords shall never depart from thy house. because thou hast despised me and hast taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite, to be thy wife. And said the Lord, Behold, I will rise up early against thee out of thine own house, and I will take thy wives before thine eyes and give them unto thy neighbor, and they shall lie with thy wives in the sight of this son. For thou didst it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the sun. And David said unto Naaman, I have sinned against the Lord. And Naaman said unto David, The Lord also have put away thy sin. Thy shall not die. My friend, you can... Come down the aisle, you can tell your wife, you can tell your husband, you can tell your friends, I've repented of this evil that I've done. And then next week, do it again. What you have is unrepenting repenter. It's called emotion. I did the right thing at the time. That's what the church expected me to do. That's what my family expected me to do. I'm a good citizen. That's what they expect me to do. But she lied to God. He will take you out of here. I would like to say something about what has taken place in this church to people who went against the pastor, who went against the church, who went against the teaching of God's word. But it'd be on Facebook and they'll get mad and they'll start some other lie on me, so I won't do that, but you know what I'm talking about. God is taking them out one at a time. You know why? God said, touch not mine anointed." Like it, agree with it, think it's made up. God's word is exactly what it is touch not my anointed. So they pretend to repent. What is repentance? Repentance is a change of mind regarding sin and God. An inward turning from sin to God, which is known by his fruit, or we should say the fruit of obedience. If God grants you repentance, you will be obedient to the things that God shows you is wrong, and you have no problem admitting to yourself, I was wrong. It is hating what you once loved and loving what you once hated, exchanging irresistible sin for an irresistible Christ. That's what repentance is. I just can't help myself. Then God saves you, and you just can't help following the Lord. And you can't follow the Lord with a buggy behind you with your old sin. You're only fooling yourself. You're not fooling anybody else. We've had them here for really some reasons. But when you hear about a young man that has surrendered to preach two or three years ago and you call him up and you say, Brother, I'm going to be out of town a little while. I wonder if you could fill in for me. No, no. Are you preaching somewhere else? No. I don't want to preach anymore. Then you did go back before the church and tell them that, didn't you? No. They don't know it. God knows it. God knows it. We want to be what people expect us to be instead of being what God wants us to be. And when you truly repent... Your whole life will change. I think we know, really know, if you sit under my hollering enough, you, you know that what repentance is and that God expects you to repent uh, in order to be saved. But in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 14, God said this. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 14, he said, Follow peace with all men and holiness without with no man shall see the Lord. You know, if you have trouble following me, most of the scriptures will be upon the screen. But we want to start our sermon, really, on what are the substitutes for true repentance. You may reform in actions without repenting in in heart. You know, we sneak around and do things, you know, so like children do. You know, I just smile inwardly when I Parents are telling me about their kids, and, you know, and I, maybe those kids are a rarity, but, you know, kids will look you right in the face and tell you a bold-faced lie. What kids? All kids. Especially 79-year-olds. Seven, Don't know where it came from, but... God said in Psalms chapter 5 and verse 1. Notice with me, please. Psalms chapter 5 and verse 1. Give ear to my words, O Lord, consider my meditation. Verse 16 and and 17, in Joel, we'll get to that in such a moment. The heart of a man is his problem. A man may appear perfect in his actions, but he is damned for his heart. But see, the problem with a lot of situations is that we want people to think that we are what we say we are. We carry a Bible, so we want people to think, I read that Bible. I study that Bible. If you don't, then you need to repent. Not to me, not to the church necessarily, but to God. God, I'm sorry that I have led people to believe that I'm a Bible reader, that I'm a prayer warrior. Now, why these things go on is that we've never truly repented. We fall in the case of the unrepenting repenter. You ever had a child that everything they done when mom or dad started I'm sorry? I'm sorry. My oldest son was that way. Before I even got to him, before I could even reach him, he said, Dad, I'm sorry. No, he wasn't sorry. That's how he got caught. There's a difference. These are uh, substitutes for true repentance. Notice with me in the book of James. In the book of James chapter 3 Verse 11, God said, Does a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, berries, either a vine, figs, so can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh? When God planted or however he got the fruit trees in it, said it was, and the fruit tree bared fruit after his kind. My neighbor was looking for a tree. She said, you raised on a farm, right? I said, yes. She said, I'm looking for this tree. They said, there's something here. I don't know the difference. I said, does it have a fruit on it? If it don't have fruit on it, I don't know what it is. All I know is a tree, you know. I look for apple trees and cherry trees and plum trees. Flower trees is my wife's interested in flower trees. But God tells us here in James chapter three and verse eleven does a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? No. Can the fig tree, brethren, bear olive berries? No. Either a vine figs, so can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh water. If I have truly repented of lying, I won't lie no more. If I have repented of taking What is not mine, I will stop taking what is mine. What is not mine. You know. You may experience the emotion of repentance without the effects of it. Here is a kind of uh, amnesia, you, you know. You see the awful specter of sin in the mirror and flinch out of horror, yet immediately forget what kind of person you saw. Notice James 1. James 1, verse 23 and 24. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. for he beholdeth himself, go of his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner a man he was. Do we understand that? We sometimes forget, you know, like the one person, one instance, it's all I know of, but the person came down the aisle, this aisle came to me and acknowledged that she was doing things that she shouldn't do, she was, sorry, pastor, I've repented of it, I want you to forgive me, I want the church to forgive me. No more than three or four hours later, she was doing the same thing. That she had walked before the aisle and repented of. She didn't repent of it. She didn't repent. That's what we call an unrepenting repenter. She said, so sorry, she got caught. You may experience the emotion of repentance without the effect of it. Here is a kind of amnesia, you know. You see the awful specter of sin in the mirror and flinch out of the whore. Immediately forget what kind of person you saw. That's what took place here in verse 23 and 24. Any hearer be a hearer of the word and not a doer. It's like unto a man beholding his natural face in the glass. I recognize I did it. They're not sorry that it's sorry to got caught. We can't do that way with God. We can't tell God, God, I, I want a closer walk with thee. I really want to get in thy word. I want to read thy word. I want to talk to you. I want you to talk to me. And Go home and set the Bible on the table and it sits there until it's time for church again. Now, all I'm saying, if we're not going to, if we don't have a genuine desire to grow, don't pretend. That is what an unrepenting repenter is. Because James also says he that knoweth to do good and doeth not to him is sin. That's why we don't hold a little child they haven't came to the age of accountability. Someone who has a mental problem. But we we who have been saved or set under the preaching enough that we've heard the word, we ought to know what is the difference between an unrepenting repenter and a true repenter. It is true. Experience includes sincere emotion and affection for God and the dissatisfaction of sin. You know, God said in James chapter 4, James chapter 4, verse 8, 9, and 10. God said, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy into heaviness. Notice 10. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. God is not interested, you know, in in chasing you or causing you to have problems. He's interested in when the preacher preaches the word of God, or you read the word of God, or somebody shares you. There is such a thing as a temporary emotion in the mere semblance of repentance. I mean, there's, a, there's people who get emotion and they'll break down and they'll cry right in the church and, and you say, man, God really touched them. They may or may not. May or may not. You may repent of the for the love of friends and religious leaders, and not repent for the love of God. You know, one prime example. Well, listen to me. Listen to me on on this one. I may quit cursing if I curse because my wife doesn't like it. That's not true repentance. You say, well, it's good enough for me. It's good enough for most of America. But it won't meet God's standards. When we have sin in our lives, it should make our loved ones unhappy. But if you got a rebellious child, a rebellious husband, a rebellious wife, they may go to counseling. And I've counseled some prior church members. Went for the judge. The judge said, uh, I ordered two weeks counseling. One of them spoke up, Can my pastor do that counseling? If he agrees. That was a laughter and making fun of the judge for two weeks. So we go back before the judge, and the judge said, Pastor, do you see any difference in this? Not at all. None. Well, i order two more weeks. No, judge, I won't do it. Everyone in this building may be against counseling. I'm for it. but I can tell anybody what to do, right thing to do, based upon the word of God. But if they are agreeing to that such to stay out of jail, I'm wasting my time and theirs. Amen. And the court is a mockery. Amen. We need to realize that a man talked into repentance may reform for the love of a friend and or respect of the spiritual-minded, yet do not, has not repented. I'm totally convinced in my own self, whether anybody else agrees with it, and that's a decision you have to make, that uh, when you see these people who get caught in sin and they go back next week, next month, they didn't repent. They were sorry they got caught. Repentance is that I'm sorry that I repented. I've repented toward God. I'm a child of the God. He sent his son to die for me, and I don't have enough respect for my God, my Lord, and my Savior, to be honest with myself. Notice Isaiah chapter 1, beginning with verse 10. Hear the word of the Lord, ye rulers of Sodom. Give year unto the law of our God, ye people of Jamar. To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me, saith the Lord? I am full of burnt offerings of rams and fat of fed beasts, and I delight not in the blood of bullocks or of lambs or of goats. When ye come to appear before me, who have required this at your hand to read my courts? Brain no more vain oblations, incense is an abomination unto me the new moons, the Sabbaths, the calling, the assemblies, I can not away with. It is iniquity, even the solemn meeting. What God is saying, he said, I'm, I'm tired of you saying I'm sorry. I'm tired of you coming before me and asking me to forgive you. God is not a little God that's up there that's changed life so you can feel better. When you repent and you ask God to take something away from you, take some feelings away from you, take a habit away from you, you've got to believe that God can do it and that you've got to realize, I, this is what I want. Lady I knew, a changed place her name, but she's always, when I talk to her, having trouble with her kids, she said, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Sometimes I think God is sick and tired of being sick and tired. Sick and tired of hearing people say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and turn around and do the same thing over and over and over, that is unrepentance, unrepenting repentance. It's words, but no action. You can say you have faith. James says, Show me your works. Oh, I don't believe you have to work. I don't believe you have to. I believe you'll want to. Amen. Wasn't that what he said in James? You'll want to serve God. You don't have a. <clears throat> don't bother you when you miss church? doesn't bother you when you don't pay your time. It doesn't bother you when you don't have time to pray for people in the church that you tell them every Sunday, I love you, I love you, I love you. Words are cheap. You may confess the finished action of sin and not repent from the continuing of that sin. You know, we just, I'll try it, you know. Brother, God will take away any problem in your life if that problem is interfering with your serving him. You can't serve God and fill your mind with filth six days a week. You can't do it. You can't serve God without your heart is in it. God tells us in Romans chapter 8 and verse 13. Romans chapter 8 and verse 13. knows what God says here. He says, Romans the 8th chapter, the 13th verse. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if he through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, we shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now, what does that verse mean? We have a leader. Either we follow the leader, there's somebody out there that is conveying to us I've got what you need. God said, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. I don't care how many churches they've been in. I don't care how long they've been in church. I've talked to people that was raised up in church and could not tell me what they believed. What do you believe? Well, I'd go over here. I ain't worried about over there. What do you believe? Has God granted you repentance? Has he granted you faith? Is there a change in your life now? Do you have a desire, even though you're saved and you know you're saved, do you have a desire to be even closer to the Lord? You don't know whether I mean this or not, but I've said it a few times. As much as I love God now, I don't know whether I even loved him when I was saved. As much as I love my wife now, I don't know if I even loved her when I married her. You know why? Because love grows. And my love for God grows and grows and grows and grows because i realize. That without him I am zero. Zero. Couple more points and we'll let you go. You may attempt repentance of your sin while consciously leaving open the door of its opportunity. Romans 13, verse 14, God said this. He says, But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. What do we do? The world has the biggest attractions on Saturday and Sundays because church attendance is way down. And the ones that have it, not many show up. Some of you think that Amber and Robert, the church, is the only church like this. Where are the members of the pastors? Pastors allowed your name that you know and we went to revivals and we preached there and the church is full. Not anymore. And if they are, they wouldn't preach a sermon like this. Because you're going to die and go to hell unless you repent. I don't care how good you are. I don't care how much you give, how much everybody loves you and thinks the suns rising and sets in you. Without repentance, you're going to run up in hell. Our last verse. You may make an effort to repent some sins without repenting of all the sins you know. Let me see what does upset my wife. I'm gonna stop those, honey. I know it bothers you for me to do this and this and this, and I want you to know as of today, I'm not gonna do them no more. You feel so proud, but you didn't tell her about the things she don't know about. Hypocrite! Hypocrite! That's what it is. When God saved me, I couldn't hold back my favorite sin. No. We got to. A repenting man has no hope for obedience without faith in the source of all holiness. God himself, in repenting of sins, he loses his self-sufficiency. God is his sanctifier. Get that? The Son is what he is because he came from the Father. You and I both know, a lot of Baptists don't, that he and the Father are one. All the way through the scriptures, he tells everybody, I came to do the will of my Father. We ought to be able to say, I came and I'm living to do the will of God's Son. And when I accepted him, his Son left and went to heaven, and the Holy Spirit entered me. Every one of us that is saved got the Holy Spirit in us. I don't understand this. I don't understand, you know. He even knows that waltz is flying here. Do you believe that? He does. And he knows everything that I've said this morning, whether I really believe it or not. You cannot fool God. Solid and pianist's crumbs.